You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for more coverage of the Oz Three Summit. Um, maybe the Oz Two Summit, possibly the Oz Three Summit later on. Not to be confused with the G8 Summit, uh, which is a big topic of conversation this week. Uh, but we're here to talk more about the Amazing Race Canada. And we've got at least two-thirds of our planned contributors on the show here today. We may very well have a surprise guest appearance from Rossi, who's currently peeling potatoes or painting emu eggs or something like that. We're not sure what he's up to. Uh, but we're here, as usual, to cover the last two episodes of The Amazing Race Canada. And only one elimination in there. We keep coming up on the wrong side of these non-eliminations. But uh, I'm sure we got lots to talk about anyways, at least from one of these two episodes. Let's get it started. My name is Colin, and who discovered gravity? Einstein? My name is Jared, and the press conference is over. <laughs> Can I just say that this has been the right season for the judges? Like, every time we get these judge challenge or these, these challenges with the, the local judges, this one was great. It's like, uh, I, I want to just get into that one right away. <laughs> the whole press conference thing. Where it's not even like they had like a time limit or something. She would just sort of determine, yeah, you know what? This is over. Okay, <laughs> you're done. Go back to the drawing board. That was great. Um, but that'll be on episode eight. So we've got episode seven and eight here. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? You, you already said before we started recording, episode seven, you don't have that much memory of. It's been at least a week already. But uh, between these two episodes, did you favor one over the other? Or are you kind of indifferent on both? What are your feelings? No, I thought um, episode eight was really strong. Um, I mean, it would have been nice for it to be an elimination episode, but, you know, uh, episode seven I just thought was really weak. Um, couldn't really remember much of it. Looking at it now, um, the only thing that I'm seeing is just the robot task, which is familiar, um, and the rest of it is kind of bland and, I mean... Better than the previous episode, but um, that wasn't really a high bar to beat. The leg in Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> we go from Saskatchewan to Kitchener Waterloo, um, another place I've never been. I don't know if this sold it the best for me. Uh, it's. I have a feeling we're going to go very quickly through episode seven because I do remember this one well, but it. I completely agree with you. It was for me by far the weakest episode of the season. Um, so basically the, the first thing I wanted to note when uh, we start off here is they get to go to a mystery location, which was fun. Uh, you know, the team's not knowing where they're headed. I, I, like the idea of like blacked out windows in a bus and blindfolds on them, that would have made it even better. Uh, but instead they just don't know where they're going. Uh, interesting. This is, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to clarify, and I think I probably said this last week. Um, I probably come across like the biggest Dave and Arena fan, I don't have a problem with Dave and Arena. I kind of see them on level with all the other teams. I just love defending Dave and Arena because I find the fans to be so irrational in their hatred against them. Uh, but I just want to draw to everybody's attention the beginning of this episode. I made sure to note that Anthony and James are high-fiving Dave at the beginning of this. So this whole idea that like everybody hates them, it's like this is for television. And you know the producers are partly playing the audience. So you know, give them a bit of a break. Um... We have uh, the, the first bit of drama, and really the only bit of drama in this episode. You know, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago where the only bit of drama was the, the airport fight between um, Artie and Thinesh and Dave and Arena. 
And this time, guess what? It's not Dave and Arena. It's Trish and Sam fighting over a pen because it's one of these, you know, the first three get this. And I love this for so many reasons. One, I love to see the teams really get into it and they're actually fighting over, no, it's my pen, it's my pen. No, we were here first. No, but both of you weren't here first. Like, there are some valid points brought up there. Um, more than anything, I just love this because of the lack of reaction from the fans at Sam wrestling a pen away from Trish, yet you know if Dave or Arena were doing this, it would be off with their heads. It's just totally hypocritical of the fans to just jump on one team and not the others. Having said that, again, I saw no problem with this. I do think that it led to a very interesting question is, you know, what is the rule? Is it whoever gets there first of any member of a team or is it whichever two teams? I think that was um, Sam's logic because he said, well, both of you weren't here which is fair if you're going to to the mat when when it comes down to the pit stop you know you need to have both teams are members of the mat i don't think there's any rule stating that so technically i guess trish and amy were in the right there he lost the pen um it's kind of forgotten already uh, i already forgot about it because no fans have been complaining even though they probably should uh and we get uh amy mentioning that this is her home province which i don't know how many times on this race we're gonna have somebody say yeah this is our home province or you know, we have an advantage because our mom used to cook pizzas just like this. <laughs> and there's no such thing as an advantage on the amazing race. Uh, unless you are Anthony and James. Um, uh, was it Anthony and James who knew that challenge before they even showed up? I think so. Yeah, the, the goats on the roof. Yeah, exactly. That's the only advantage we've seen this whole time. But home province meant nothing. Uh, they get to go into 30,000 giant green balls in this random museum which museum of what i don't know um there is uh, a bunch of challenges in here i can barely even remember what was what here there was uh the the oktoberfest one where they had to be the waiters where the people changed seats um and the the robot uh with the autonomous car which i don't even remember what they did at that I guess the real thing to really talk about here is the robot challenge, like you said, the maze, which is, I think, despite this being a, a lamer episode, one of the more fun challenges, mostly because I think we got possibly my favorite John Montgomery moment ever when he's introducing the challenge and he's saying, you know, you have to guide the robot through a maze here. And then the robot goes, way to go, John. And he goes, thanks, brother. <laughs> Amazing John moment there. Um, really, I think the standout thing here was Arthur, I always want to say Artie, but it's Arthi. Arthi and Thinesh. How can you do two THs? Can you pronounce Arthi and Thinesh at a normal speed? Arthi and Thinesh? At a normal speed. It's not easy, though. I have to think about it. Arthi and Thinesh. Arthi and Thinesh. A and T. Because I think she's already calling him T on there. No sense of direction. And again, this is one of the other things I think are like hypocritical with the fans. And again, I am not jumping on Arthi, Arthi and Thinesh because uh, I still think they're you know somewhat fun. But her completely breaking down and the, the whole directions thing is like, I, I need you to go straight. Okay, do you want me to go left or right? Just do the opposite of what you're doing right now. It's like, this is what it's like when Jamie tries to navigate with me. Um, it's like, okay, so I want you to... Um, um, Okay, so you're going to go up there a bit and then kind of this way. And I'm like, Jamie, what is this way? You know, there. I'm like, Jamie, you are behind me. I can't see you. (laughs) 
Uh, you need to tell me left or right. Okay, that way. I can't see where you're pointing, Jamie. Uh, I totally sympathize with them in this challenge. But I still thought it was a fun challenge here. Um, we'll kind of stop before we get to the face-off here. I, I really remember... It is funny, because I said I remember... I think I just remember more of this than you did. But uh, I really only remember the robot challenge, although I did think it was really fun. You know, just kind of this blind navigation of uh, the robot through the maze. Yeah, I thought that was kind of the standout of the episode. Um, it's always nice to have these challenges where the teams, they're both contributing, but they're kind of split up, and, and they're really relying on each other. Um, yeah, other than that, I agree. I think the kind of uh, blacked-out bus was a fun idea, um, but kind of pointless. I feel like there should have been more to that. Like, if I was on that bus, like, I would have been overthinking it and thinking, okay, they're going to ask us where we are as soon as we get off or when the bus stops, and I'm meant to have remembered, like, how long we've been driving for and how many turns this way and that way. Um I just felt like there could have been more to that for such like a fun idea to then just be like, oh, everybody hops off and like within like 10, 20 seconds, they know where they are. Um, then we had the just like horrible um, speed bump, which like don't get me started on speed bumps in general, but like sit in a car and let it do a lap. And you could just tell like Trish and Amy like trying to be interested and like, oh, this is so cool. Like, Oh. Uh, like what a great idea like it's driving itself but you can tell they're just like hurry up this stupid thing um it's just a task that like the team doesn't have to do anything and i just hate that for like a speed bump um like if you're gonna have them do that like it's more visual but like just sit them in front of hourglass you use for the face off mm-hmm. uh and give them a time penalty instead of making them do like nothing at all yeah um yeah what, what if the penalty like the time penalty i'm for that idea but you don't know when it's going to be on the the race too. Like if you just have to sit it out, that's one thing. But what if they suddenly said, you know, okay, so somebody's going to tell you when you have to take your time penalty and it's in the middle of a challenge and you're making all this ground. It's like, okay, now stop. You can't do anything with your robots and you got to watch people pass you. That might actually create more drama. The challenges most of the time are so quick and easy to complete. And I don't even know how easy this is, but yeah, it's just, it's not memorable. I mean, do you do you agree with me that the best use, even though I think it got to the point where it was just just as easy to beat it, the best use of a non-elimination penalty was still the "give me all of your money." You have to go with the clothes on your back from like the old. I think they probably stopped doing that, you know, more than ten, maybe even fifteen seasons ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that was the best. Obviously, there's issues with that, particularly. Uh, they probably wouldn't have been like this season but when they're overseas and they're in a developing country and like they're like begging like poor people for money like it becomes like a bit of a bad look and an issue yeah um but yeah i just think there's other ways to do it even on the amazing race australia where it was okay if you don't finish first in the next leg then you have like a 30 minute penalty at the mat um i just feel like it needs to be kind of a harsher consequence than you're going to do this task that takes all of five minutes or you're not even doing this task, you're just sitting there. Like, it's like you've been saved. Like, they can afford to make the penalty harsh mm-hmm. um, because it should really be difficult for them to get back in amongst the pack. Yeah. And I, I think, like, as a compromise, that finish first on the next leg, otherwise 30-minute time penalty, is, like, the best compromise between, the like, hand over all your money and, like, do this random task. Yeah, I actually really like that, too. And imagine if it's something more like, okay, even if you don't finish first... 
if you you know f- finish second, you get a 30-minute penalty. If you finish third, you get a 45-minute penalty, and it just keeps adding up. Yeah, I'd be totally for mm-hmm. that. Either. Like, Just switch it up. I mean, the Amazing Race has always been really good with just changing things up maybe when they're not working um, and introducing new ideas. I mean, we, we've seen new things even just on this season with the, uh, what was it called, the one-way? The, yeah, l- yep. let's try something different. I actually like that even better because, again, I think the problem was when they first did the gimme, you know, your money, it was hard for teams. They're like, okay, let's go and panhandle. And like you said, begging people. And it basically just evolved into let's ask every other team to give us $10. And I'm sure that'll get us through. Uh, but let's also remember, this is the first season we've seen in a long time where a team actually ran out of money. So there's, I think strengths to both just speed bumps. I, I don't think I can remember one memorable speed bump ever, or one that really ever mattered in terms of the race. Um, so we get the face-off here, which I know you're not a fan of the face-off. Um, I think it, it can be done right. This was basically a cook-off, and this is the grace, cr- greatest cross-promotion we've ever seen because I don't. I, you probably still haven't seen the Tastes of the Race, which I'll, I'll find a way to get you and Rossi an episode of that. Uh, but this was Taste of the Race. Like, Taste of the Race, as Martina described when you know she was on here at the beginning of the season, it is Martina and Phil against each other and they're given this is the food you have to make for this region this week you know and then you have to replicate this it's like a master chef thing but your awarded points one will be awarded points based on the presentation one will be awarded points based on how well they featured the the key ingredient in there and then they have to give each other points based on the taste and it's presented by Dempsters. <laughs> and that's exactly what this face-off was, which if it wasn't for the fact that I think it was like this great cross-promotion with um, the the taste of the race thing, I'd be like, what are they doing in this face-off? But I still thought it was fun, especially Lauren and Joanne, where it's like, our mom makes pizzas like this all the time. We got this. <laughs> um, but uh, having not seen Taste of the Race, did you like this face-off? Yeah, I think this is like the best use of the face-off that I've seen. Um, apart from that canoeing hockey thing, mm-hmm. um, which was fun. Um, but yeah, I think just not having a purely physical challenge to give kind of everybody an equal chance. You like never knew what team was going to win straight out. Teams that you thought would would win didn't. Um, I think the issue again is just like the placement of the face-off. Mm-hmm. Um, which is constantly going to be a thing. But I, as far as the challenge actually went, um, it was just really good. I love the element of you have to make this dish, but you've only got this long to look at it, kind of a throwback to the like, Nanaimo bar thing. Um, yeah, just really well handled for um, uh, uh, not my favorite segment of the race, but um, this is probably as good as they can do it. I think a face-off is best played if it's earlier in the race, like much earlier than this. I mean... Yeah. The Amazing Race Canada, I think, brought this in, unless I'm wrong. And another, I know the U.S. version didn't do it until recently. The U.S. version was the worst because they literally had a face-off as the last thing you did, and it was at the same location as the pit stop. So Phil was sitting there watching the teams in the face-off. So by the time the last two teams are going, you already know who the last. It was it was just a disaster. Um, but I, I also don't really care for this late in it because it almost seems like it's a given. Whoever has that hour, you know, glass running at the end, okay, you're going to be the last team. Um, but yeah, this one was definitely more fun. And, you know, some of the recipes, I'm like, hey, that gives me some good ideas. Um, I don't know what, I didn't watch the taste of the race for this week for Martina and Phil, but I just have to say, if you're, we're keeping tally, uh, based on the last one I watched, 
Phil was killing Martina. She's a home ec teacher, Martina. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I, I think she even uh, posted something about this, and I, I commented, and I'm like, you know, Phil's gonna steal your job, Martina. <laughs> like, you got a living to make. Let's step up your game here. I uh, can't wait to have them on at the end of the season to um, uh, find out about this, or maybe by then she'll make some miraculous comeback. But I'm pretty sure she's down and out at this point. So. Um, it would have been great. Like, Rossi actually mentioned to me, he's like, how could Martina and Phil have not been in that challenge? Like, that would have been amazing. Get more people watching the taste of the race, uh, get Martina and Phil back on the show. Uh, but still, it was pretty good. Um, the other thing that I guess is noteworthy, not the most visually stunning thing ever, but they had to solve an algebra equation based on dropping a ball, um, which none of the teams really came up with the exact same number. So I think there was like a range they could get in because it all was determined based on you know, how long it took their ball to drop from the balcony to the floor, and you're never going to time it exact. Uh, the thing to really point out here is, again, the fans' hypocrisy. Uh, I love that there are defenders out there for Dave and Arena, uh, but the people who are critics of Dave and Arena, it's like they can do nothing right. And Arena dominated this challenge, and you get all these people saying, oh, well, my third grader could have solved that. And I'm like, really? Because all the other teams struggled really hard. And she just, you know, breezed through this thing. She was really the all-star of this entire episode. And again, I've already mentioned in past episodes, you know, the perception people have that just because she has said, which is mostly in character, oh, yeah, I'm going to let him do all the heavy lifting. We see her, after saying those things, doing heavy lifting. It's for a show. It's, it's her making a joke or a comment, and everybody's taking it literally. But here she dominates, and for the second time this season, fans want to ignore that it ever happened. Uh, but I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Arena, you killed this challenge. Uh, I was actually pretty good at algebra in school. I would have crapped my pants just <laughs> at the thought of doing this one. Uh, are you any good at algebra? Did, did you understand this when you saw it on the board? Oh, I mean, I think I might have got there eventually, but, um, but not at the speed that Irina did. That was impressive because pretty much everybody struggled. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I would have been struggling going back and forth. Um, my highlight was definitely Sam with, like, his timing of the ball drop. That was just so off. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was not even close to the ground. It was like, stop the timer. Um, you know, the, like, typical sprinter. To make that, fast, as fast as possible. Well, yeah, to make that better, uh, uh, Sarah actually s- said, you know, oh, he's an athlete, so he has great reaction time. And then it's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> And let's also add on there, Lauren and Joanne, Joanne, when she solves it, which she really did struggle, when she solves it, she's like, I'm a mathematical genius. I think this is the first episode where I really came around on Lauren and Joanne. I'm like, they're probably one of the most fun teams out there. Oh, definitely. I think um, they just their reactions to the camera and like how excited they are about everything is like good to see, particularly like late in the race because it's getting more like competitive so it's nice to have those more like light-hearted moments mm-hmm. thrown in still um the other thing to really talk about here is Arthi and Thanesh um who said the last one that we want to save our express pass so we can come in first place I think they even said that in the middle of this episode again I want to save our express pass so we can come in first and they don't use their express pass it's like the last challenge like there there literally could be nothing left like should we use the express pass no and sure, they don't go home, but they don't use the express pass. This is where I'm going to say let's at least treat all the teams equal. Because again, if David Arena did this, they'd be the dumbest team ever. Um, and I'm also calling out as somebody who supports David Arena just in that 
they're getting a bad rap when Dave and Arena wasted their express pass on a challenge that would have taken it was a fear challenge it would have taken anybody like you know three minutes to get through and then they end up having to take a penalty directly after that that was an idiotic move and I'm sure they regret that now and the thing that bothered me more than anything else was John not really even questioning that I understand maybe don't call the people out but not even questioning it and we kind of get the same thing here Arthi and Thinesh talked about in multiple legs including this one we want to use this to come in first and then when they get there it, it all turns into it, well it was I think Arthi was saying um, you know oh it speaks volumes to that we never give up I'm like no, it doesn't, because you just said 10 minutes ago, we want to use this to come in first. And then John tries to draw the parallels. You know, the last team to not use the express pass ended up winning the race. I just, I want, I want a little bit more out of when people make foolish moves, at least acknowledge the foolish moves. Um, I think, I, I, not as characters, but I think my confidence in them being able to win for Arthur and Thinesh has definitely gone down because we have seen now several episodes in a row, you know, how A, their rivalry with Dave and Arena has started to cause them to make foolish mistakes by, you know, we we can't give up and let's help the other team even though we're finished. They very well could have gone home. They didn't. They were lucky they didn't. It was luck. It wasn't skill or, you know, honor. And now for the second time, they wanted to use the express pass. They could have. They could have come in first. And instead, they keep it in their pocket and there's not even a question of, well, well you, you're going to win because the last team did this. Well, the last team was dumb too. I mean, use an advantage if you have it. Like, tell me I'm wrong here. Well, don't, but if I no, am wrong, right? I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing too is, like, as a team, they're, like, more competent than lots of, like, the other races left. Like, you know that you're not going to get to a task where, like, you are just going to struggle, if you know what I mean. Like, they're not a team where, like, oh, maybe we should save on it because the next task we're really going to struggle at. Um, you know, basically, they're going to be able to complete everything and have, like, a higher rate of completion than the other people. So, like, the strategy here is obviously you've got to use that express pass at a task where you arrive and there's other people there to get ahead. Exactly. Um, yeah, it just seemed weird holding up for, on for it so long, particularly when there were so many challenges already, like, in the um, episode. Like, you could argue there was no, like, roadblock, but, like, they'd gone through so many challenges already you've got to be thinking okay this is probably a leg without like a roadblock we've had so many additional tasks along the way mm-hmm. um yeah bad move bad play bad play for the express passes kind of all round this season um yeah not much else to say well like we could say one more thing cool move when you know as they're leaving and they're on the middle of a football field finesh catches uh, a pass <laughs> after they had checked in that was kind of cool uh, overall, let's just rate this episode now. Buy it, rent it, bin it. I'm binning this one. Yeah, I agree. I considered renting it just for the robots, but um, <laughs> I don't think it was enough. And there wasn't really that much of a shake-up at the robots anyway. So as much as it was fun to watch, it's not like it contributed to um, the tension throughout the leg. Mm-hmm. And Arthi and Thinesh came in third place, so they're still, they, they knew they were still in this. But I think using that Express Pass at any point whether it had gotten them first or not it would have gotten them a lot closer um next episode so this one they're going to quebec i can't even remember exactly where they went in quebec wherever the the g8 summit was um i couldn't even name all the countries in the g8 uh i know canada is one of them i'm sure united states is in there. great britain is australia in the g8 or no um no idea no let's make it a g9 let's include you guys um so 
Lauren and Joanne, they start off the episode by saying they're the only ones who haven't won. And here, let's, again, at least treat all the teams equal. Uh, as David and Rena, Anthony and James, and Arthi and Thinesh are sitting around talking, uh, I think it was Dave or, either Dave or Arena made the comment saying, you know, I think we're the top three teams here. And, you know, they had said something about, you know, the sisters, I'm pretty sure they're out of this because they're the only ones that haven't won a leg. They're saying it very diplomatically. And then you get Arthi saying, it's like, what, like, you think those guys suck or something? And then all three teams just start laughing. But look at the clips. Anthony and James and Arthi and Thinesh are, like, laughing hysterically at Lauren and Joanne. And Dave and Arena are sort of like, ha, ha, just chuckling. Like, again, I have no problem with this. It's just, why are fans giving a free pass to the other teams? This, if David Arena, you know, were obnoxious because they called people peasants, which was a line to play on her calling herself the queen, which was also a joke, why is this not mean? I don't get it. Um, but it just made me love Lauren and Joanne even more. Like, they've quickly become probably the close thing to my favorite team on here. Because it's acknowledged they're the only ones who haven't won a leg. And then look what they do in this episode here. I mean, they're in second place by the end of this. Uh, and it's not even in their home province. <laughs> and their, their mom didn't teach them any of this. It's great. Um, we get the quick peel the potato challenge for poutine, which is just um, uh, a little, I wouldn't call it product placement, but more Canadian culture thing. We talked about the Nanaimo bars before. Like... Ben is very familiar with poutine, but he's also engaged to a Canadian. Uh, is poutine a thing anywhere outside of Canada? Like, do you have it there in Australia? No, I only really know of it through Ben. Mm. Um, <laughs> like, Ben is, like, the poutine ambassador. Um, he's not even Canadian. Like, I'm the Canadian on the Oz Network, and you know of poutine, like, Canada's staple dish from Ben. <laughs> it, you, you know what's made up of, though, right? Yeah, it's like melted cheese on, like, chips, isn't it, basically? Yeah, you have gravy and cheese. Uh, It's, like, I remember when this first started becoming a thing, maybe in the mid to late 90s. uh, My mom had a boyfriend who was, I guess, part French, but really embraced the French culture. And he kind of introduced us to it. And it was right around the same time that, like, a few restaurants started serving this thing. It wasn't like something you could see everywhere. Now there are, I think two different restaurants just here in Winnipeg alone that only serve poutine. And you know, when Ben was here, of course he got one. Uh, I think he, he tracked something like 25 poutines on his trip across Canada or wherever, all the different places they went. Um, and he got the poutine. He was telling me, he was like, I'm almost poutined out at this point, but it's like, yeah. I got it. This is, this is a great accomplishment. I got to try one from every place I can. So we went to like the custom poutine place here in Winnipeg, uh, which I think I got one with like steak in it uh, and peppers and everything. And I don't even remember what Ben got. And then we had finished recording a commentary for Double Law 7 and we were waiting for Jamie and Mallory to come back and we had no idea where they were. So we're like, okay, well, let's kill some time. Let's Burger King was like almost across the street from my place. It's like, well, I haven't tried the Burger King poutine. I'm like, that is like the, the the poor man's poutine, but you still have to check that box. But it just shows you can get it everywhere in Canada here. Um, it is good. It's not something that I I really go out of my way to eat. Uh, I've had it a few times. Uh, this roadblock, though, after the poutine challenge, uh, which I did like that the team members got to take the poutine with them and were eating it in the car. Uh, but the roadblock, the G8, memorizing the G8 speech, this has to be another one of those hardest challenges we've seen. And... Um, I think overall, this season, even though I don't think this is the best season of Amazing Race I've seen, um, 
I think it's, you know, maybe on par with the last American season, but the last American season had, you know, a lot of all-star teams on it as well. Uh, but as far as for what we're seeing on the race, the challenges, this has to be the most challenging Amazing Race season I've seen in a long time. Again, I, they, they had to memorize this speech, and then they had to recite it in both English and French, and then they had to answer questions in different languages, three different languages, without knowing which one was going to come first. So I can't even remember who it was. One of the teams was like, uh-oh, I think that was Japanese. And some of them were answering, you know, the Japanese ones, uh, the Japanese answers to a, you know, Italian uh, interview or whatever. This would have just been a nightmare to do. Um, I love the whole breaking news graphic that comes up on the screen too. And like you mentioned at the beginning, that's like this press conference is over was just great. Uh, this deserves to be talked about all on its own. Um, Sam, you know, probably the all-star of this one too. Uh, <laughs> although he, he had the best first flub ever where he just immediately forgot his entire speech. He's like, welcome. I'm super proud to be here. Keep doing your thing. And then it was just this long pause. And it's like, this press conference is over. Um, Lauren and Joanne got out of there really quickly too. Uh, another big story for arena too, uh, you know, for somebody who's made a reputation on, you know, taking penalties and quitting and not wanting to do challenges, even though half of those things are jokes. Uh, this one, she's confronted with her second biggest fear, I guess, you know, behind heavy lifting or whatever, but, um, she has to speak in front of, people public speaking memorization which she speaks four languages also give her credit there's a lot of people out there who are just calling her dumb you know she speaks four languages and yet she crumbles the first time but what we see differently from her is she takes all the time she needs to get it right so she only had to come out the two times even though i think they were the second last ones out of there again if this were any other team people would be like oh you know they they, they confronted their fears and they got through in this big emotional moment because we have seen her quit before i don't think it should take away from her success at this challenge just because she's quit other ones before. I mean, one of their two penalties was strategic and it was something all the other teams did. Uh, Still, she wasn't exactly the all-star in this one, but I still give her more credit than anybody else is willing to. Uh, Did you like the G8 challenge? I did. I thought it was great. I think the great thing about this season is that they're not afraid to put in those difficult challenges. Um, I feel like Amazing Race as a whole kind of has really moved away from the, like, this is so difficult, like, nobody's going to be able to do this, and and they're the challenges that you remember, and they, like, stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. So I think credit for, like, this season for putting in really difficult challenges. Um, I love that there was so many elements to this, like, memorizing in English would have been hard enough, but then memorizing in French, and then memorizing in three other languages for the questions, and that they could come in any order, and you didn't know exactly who was what. Um, I just thought that was really fun. I loved how they showed kind of every team's way of trying to like remember stuff. Yeah. Um, was it? I don't um, know. Just everything about it was great. And, uh, um, uh, yeah. Who was it? The James? James. Yeah. With his whole like just writing down like the first letter mm-hmm. of each word, I thought that was a really interesting technique. Um, obviously, it didn't work out that well for him, but um, yeah, just everything about this was so good. It was so funny. Um, Sam just thinking he could just spin, just like ad lib and, and he'd like get it correct and move on somehow um, was great. Uh, the audience in the room and all like the camera work the and that like, horrible angle of like right in their like face from like yeah. underneath, which doesn't make anybody look good. Um, 
oh, there's just so much in the Dave and Irina moment, like, on, like, he was so proud of her, and, like, honestly, watching it, I was getting really emotional, and then I love how within, like, 10 minutes, they're back fighting each other, I'm like, okay, this is good, I can't cry over, like, the Amazing Race Canada, yeah. um, thank you for kind of restoring the status quo. Um, and also just having the team members not doing the roadblock watching, too, all together, because you can't help in a roadblock. And often we just get these roadblocks where they're sitting off at the side and, you know, they don't see the team members. The person who's delivering this speech is literally 10 or 15 feet. And one of the people watching them is their partner who they're potentially letting down, which is why I think that David Arena thing was, you know, so effective too. Uh, and also the Arthi and Thinesh thing where Thinesh comes out in his suit and everything. And he's got like this perfect, uh, perfect speech and perfect posture and hand gestures and she's just all like mm, nice <laughs> and then she's like all oh, the jaws dropped i don't know if any jaws dropped in the room other than hers but she was like every jaw dropped in the room i think what i love about this season even though there's no one team that i'm like absolutely in love with is that we're really getting teams that click and support each other i mean sarah and sam are probably the only ones on here who don't have like a really strong connection outside of the race and they're like 100% supportive of each other and like you mentioned the David Arena thing just him cheering her on and Arthi and Thinesh I just thought overall like I love watching the teams this season that you would think it gets boring when you don't have those teams that are fighting because sometimes the fighting teams are more fun but for some reason this season it's actually really working that the teams get along in a weird way yeah, I agree. I think it too, like, tension within, like, teams gets to a point where, like, it's, like this is, like, just gets to a point where like, this is kind of confronting and this is, like, bordering on abuse in some ways and, like, can, like, we have a leg, like, without this? Um, I think tension, like, between teams is definitely always more interesting than tension within a single team. Yeah. Um, which we've got, like, this race, which is which has been good to see, like, the teams being competitive with one another. I also loved in this challenge Joanne when she, she was talking about, like, I was just looking at Dave's ugly head so I, so I could focus. <laughs> um, it was really funny because, like, I know if I was doing this, if I had looked at, like, whoever my partner was on the race, I would have just started cracking up. Yeah. So I love that that was her, like, strategy of, like, if I know if I look here, I'm not going to laugh and I'm going to be really motivated to do well, mm-hmm. um, which is a great character moment from her. Uh, the detour, um, I, I wish that maybe there had been more consequences to this, the blind detour, not where they just literally label it this or that. I think that's a fun idea, but... Maybe this needed to be something where there was a difference because both of these were very similar challenges. You're presented with something that you really have to have a skill set for and you just have to perform the challenge and eventually you'll get it. Whereas I think the best way to do a blind detour is where you have one where it's maybe it's going to take you forever. It's like you know, a needle in a haystack. You have to find something. Or you have the other one that's really tough physically or something that has to introduce a fear it's just it didn't really work out where any team, maybe there was a moment like this, but no team ever acknowledged on camera, oh, you know, I really wish we'd, we you know, didn't have to do this one because I'm terrible at painting emu eggs. You know, of all the things that they taught us in school, painting emu eggs is where I, you know, flunked my first class in high school or something like that. Uh, we didn't really get anything like that. and Maybe it would have made it more fun too if they found out what the other one was while they were there. Like they show up for this and... 
Uh, it's like you got to hit this ball. You could have, if you had chosen that, you know, been painting eggs. And somebody's like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the master at painting eggs. Um, but still, I mean, the challenges themselves weren't bad. I do wonder if you're not allowed to switch because I would think this would it would make it way too easy if you introduced a blind detour and somebody's like, oh, this doesn't work for me. Let's do the other one. So there must be some type of rule where you couldn't switch. But um, the emu eggs, it's not really anything extraordinary. I mean, you're from emu plains, right? Um, Metropolis. But mm-hmm. are there emus there or is this just what it was named after? There are not. Uh, it's just named after that, but they're not kind of running around everywhere. We don't ride them to work, sorry, to dash <laughs> people's hopes and dreams. Um, but I did, like, I felt like I was included. I was like, they've done this challenge just for me. Um, but I would have liked just the close-ups of the emus and then that one text the camera and somebody's like, I'm glad that we're not in there with them. I'm like, yes, but you should be in there with them because it would be su- such a better challenge if they're trying to paint eggs and they have these emus, like, hanging around them and, like, pecking at their ears and, like, yeah. stealing the paintbrush. Like... Maybe it was too dangerous, but, like, they definitely should have been in with them at some point. Yeah, that, that would be like going into a nursery ward, and it's like, you need to, uh, you know, paint this baby and all the, the, the mothers and newborn <laughs> newborn babies. Like, give me my baby, my baby! Uh, no, that would have made it great, if they, even if they just had to do something in there. Um, yeah, I, I like that idea. Still, I mean, not not the best challenge. I mean, the only thing we really got was i think lauren and joanne they had to go a second time because they forgot to paint one thing on the back of the egg uh the game though picklet uh the funniest thing i saw with this was um a bunch of people who are from this area in quebec saying i have never heard of this game in my life and i love that this is the second time we've seen the race profile something the first time was lacrosse you know a, a game that everybody in canada knows you understand it but you don't know anybody that actually plays it and they presented it like it's like Canada's summertime national sport and this picklet game it wasn't just like a couple of people commenting saying they have no idea what this is I wanted that to be my profile pic today so I tried Google Images picklet you can find one image of the actual sport itself everything else has nothing to do with the sport like Google Images can't identify what this thing is um, and it seems like the most backyard sport ever because it's not even like you have a ball. You have a little piece of wood. You take a stick. You hit the w- piece of wood with the stick. So it flies up in the air. And then you bat it like it's a baseball. Um, I, this would probably be something that was kind of fun to play. I like, again, the challenge of it. And that we got to see the different strategies. Kind of like the the roadblock with the, the memorization of the speech. Everybody was doing it differently. Uh Another star moment for Arena, who, you know, everybody... Is it also unfair that Arena gets so much criticism and not Dave? I just find that funny. Uh, but Dave is like, I'm an athlete. And he's like swinging, you know, his life away on this is just whack, 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 and missing it every single time. The whole time I'm thinking, like, slow down for a second. You're, you're hitting something that that is like a the weight of a pebble, if that. And you're trying to whack it like it's your, you know, opponent in your MMA match or whatever. And every other team who's getting it is just giving it little wax because you're never going to get something that small that far. And then Arena's like, let me try. And she hits it really slowly. It's like, boom, right on the board. Uh, Arena's really turning it around now and um, you know, turning into more of the star of the team than Dave, which I think is great. Uh, and then as soon as that happened, he got it too. Uh, Arthi just could not do this at all. Arthi at the next, like, 
I thought they were going to be one of those teams where I would get, you know, amusement out of them as a couple who kind of acknowledge, you know, we're still kind of getting to know each other or we're not that, you know, um, experienced of a couple. Like we're, we're, we're kind of fresh in this. And the real fun with them is just being polar opposites. Arthi was just so bad at this and yet she found that funny, which I loved. Uh, so eventually, when she finally hits one, I mean, they need 200 points. So let's say you're getting 10, 15 points each time. 90% of these are done by Thinesh. And then Arthi gets one. She says, yeah, I'm on the board. <laughs> she literally only hits it once, uh, which was just hilarious. Um, I'd probably want to play this game more than I want to watch it. Uh, and uh, do, do we even see, I don't even know if we saw many shakeups with this, too, because teams just kind of got there and they did their thing not many teams were even there at the same time uh, there's a little bit of navigation issues where Arthi and Tanesh got lost in the end uh, but they they ended up coming in first in the end but uh, I don't know the two detour challenges did you enjoy anything out of them and then uh, I guess we'll get to the still rate well let's just cover the fact that we we don't have a team eliminated they're just still racing did you see that one coming I kind of knew when they had the two teams uh, on the mat at the end and they weren't letting one go and of course you get the typical you know oh, oh you're the last team to arrive and then they start questioning them but uh the last second half of this episode uh anything stand out for you uh nothing in the, in particular i thought both of the challenges were good um i disagree yeah that they just didn't really work as uh detours i think you needed people to be there at the same time which we didn't get um Imagine all the teams there painting the eggs and really struggling and then the lady rejecting more than she did um, or all of them at Picklet, which was it even a wooden peg that they were using or because like it looked like a carrot. Yeah, I know. Uh, which just had me like <laughs> laughing. I was like, is this a carrot that they're using for this game that like honestly it feels like they've made up uh, yeah. just for the <laughs> They race. probably did. That's um, why you can't find it on Google. <laughs> It's just such, just, I just want to know the rules, but I feel like there should have been more to that than just getting 200 points Mm -hmm. because you knew everybody was going to get there eventually and nobody was there at the same time. So it wasn't really a challenge. Um, I feel like then it needed to be kind of like more precise on like maybe the points had to be split a certain way between the teams that everybody was putting in effort or you have to like get 200 points exactly. So you have to be strategic on how far you're hitting it. Um, I just felt like there could have been more to that. But overall, I thought they were both good uh, in their own right. Um, I love that uh, Lauren is like this um, like art teacher, but honestly, I thought Joanne's painting looked a lot better than hers. <laughs> um, but yeah, just overall, I thought, yeah, both good. Both could have been better in their own way. Uh, and then the continued racing, yeah, it became fairly obvious that something was up uh, as soon as... John straight away didn't say, like, I'm sorry to tell you, you're eliminated for the race. I feel like we need to... They could change that up a little bit where, like, maybe they do... We do get these moments of the team's confessionals of, like, we're really sad and he hasn't said they're going home yet and then cut back to and he actually does say they're going home, so it's not so uh, obvious because, yeah, as soon as somebody arrives and they're upset and he doesn't say it straight away and he's, like, listening to them speak, you're like, okay, they're not going home. Um so change that a little bit. I feel like we've had like too many non-elimination legs too close. I assume this is the last one, but um, I think continue racing legs in general if they do them right and don't bunch the teams straight back up again, which guaranteed they'll do, uh, can work better than just a standard non-elimination leg. 
I'm just looking right now. We have technically had three, not three back-to-back as in non-elimination, non-elimination, non-elimination in episodes, you know, five, six, seven or whatever. But we have done non-elimination, elimination, non-elimination, elimination, non-elimination, elimination three times in a row. So it really is close together, which I guess helps for you to get to know the top teams a little bit more. Which I like because I don't know if I, you know, I really would have been as big of a fan of uh, Trish and Amy if we hadn't had that with them twice. Uh, but yeah, sp- spread it out a little bit more. Um, I am excited next week just because the the preview showed another one of those similar to the robot challenge, the the blind, uh, literally blind communication challenges that we're going to get from the teams. I can't remember what it was. It just sort of stood out to me quickly as I was watching the um, the last part of the episode. Uh, we'll do something a little bit different here. Uh, we'll we'll kind of do two things. We'll run through the teams and we'll give quick predictions on where you think they're going to finish. And then after that, we're going to go through these teams and we'll rank who's our favorite to least favorite teams of the wands on here. So uh, let's start with who's going to be first to fifth. So we have Arthi and Thinesh, uh who are first this leg. Lauren and Joanne, who are second. Dave and Arena, who are third. Sarah and Sam, who are fourth, and Anthony and James, who are fifth. So rank the remaining five teams in the order you think they'll finish on the race. Um, I think Arthi and Thinesh first. Dave and Irina second. Uh, Sarah and Sam third. Uh, Lauren and Joanne fourth. And Anthony and James fifth is how they're going to finish. I'm very similar to you. Um, I don't think Arthi and Thinesh are going to win. Um, I think my pick would be Sarah and Sam for number one. Uh, I would go David and Rita number two. I mean, they just... That seems to be the typical Amazing Race thing. That the, the most dominant, most competitive team always finishes second or second or third or whatever. You know, we got it with like Robin Amber and Justin and Diana and Tyler and Corey and so many others. Uh, See, so yeah, I, I would go Sarah and Sam one... Uh, David Arena 2, Arthi and Thinesh 3, uh, Joanne and Lauren 4, and I'm going to agree, Anthony and James are probably the next ones to go. It is surprising that they were being called out in this as one of the top teams. I mean, they've been like right at the bottom just as much as they've been right at the top. They only really won one leg, so uh, it could just be, you know, th- those three teams just get along a little bit better than the others. I don't know. Uh, now let's rank the same five teams in your order from favorite to least favorite. Um, I think favorite is Dave and Irene at this point. Uh, second favorite, Arthur and Thinesh. Third favorite, Lauren and Joanne. Uh, fourth favorite, Anthony and James. And fifth favorite, or least favorite, Sarah and Sam. <laughs> Are they your least favorite or are they just your least favorite of the five teams left? Honestly, they could be my least favorite of the entire race. Oh, really? Um, They're just, like, I like them and they're likable, but I just don't think they're entertaining to watch. I hate their whole, like, our word for today is believe and our word for tomorrow will be try. Um, You know, I feel like everything I do that's comical is unintentional. Um, but there's not a lot of it and then the rest of the time it's just like oh like this episode I was like come on like please Anthony and James get in front of them so they can go home so we can have like this dream final five Um, yeah they're just they're too 
they're too nice and there's nothing wrong with being too nice, but they're just bland nice. I think there's also something to the the fact that, like we said earlier, they're the only team that doesn't really have a really strong relationship outside of here. I mean, they're identified as track teammates, but they're not like they're on the same team. They're on the same national team, you know, um, which I still would love to know, you know, how they actually knew each other or how well they knew each other before this started. That's one of the most interesting things to me. Um, but uh, sorry to say for any other of our listeners to mine and Jared's uh, Olympics podcast off the podium, I think we just cost ourselves Sarah and Sam's interviewers uh, <laughs> before the Tokyo. Yeah, interesting when they're playing sport. Oh it's, yeah. Of it's just not interesting <laughs> racing. And I'm sorry, I was going to say racing around the world, but I should say racing around Canada yeah. because they're not even. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys switch to boxing, we'd be behind you, but not on the track. Come they on. might be good at racing around the world. I don't know. They're just not good racing around their own country. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they're not my very favorite team. Uh, I'm actually really torn at this point. I mean, I, I'm definitely for Dave and Arena because I think they've provided the most entertainment on here. Uh, but Lauren and Joanne, the last two episodes, like I'm just totally rooting from the same thing happened in the very first season of uh, Amazing Race Canada where there was the sister team that was always at the bottom. And then right as it got to the end, I'm like, I just love the idea of the team that really has no business being there eventually winning. And I just think that they've been so much fun the last couple episodes. Uh, so they're probably at this point, my number one with David arena, number two, uh, I'd probably go Sarah and Sam number three. Um, just cause I think individually, I think they're entertaining. I don't know if they're the most entertaining as a team. Um, and I think they provided some really great moments like the you know, when they spent all of their money, even if it's for the wrong reasons, like when they spent all their money and then uh, basically went around uh, panhandling <laughs> so they could pay their cab driver. Um, uh, Arthi and Thinesh would be my number four and probably Anthony and James five. Anthony and James are just a strange one because I feel like they have these really strong moments and really entertaining moments, but they disappear into the background so often. And I think part of that is the fact that like what I brought up just on the last you know thing we were talking about, who's the front runner to win this thing, is that they're not really at the top as much as it's been talked about that they are. Uh, so, but having said that, the reason I brought this up is because the last note I made here is that there's really not one team I want to go home. Like this is one of those great seasons where I'm I'm okay with the t- maybe I would have traded Trish and Amy for one or two of the teams on here, but I'm okay with the way this season has gone you know jet and dave would have been great but we've seen them get to the end before so i'm overall happy with you've the final seen them get to the end before. i have yeah sorry. <laughs> uh, or have i seen them get to the end i don't want to spoil anything for you mm. <laughs> um, yes john didn't spoil anything when he said the last <laughs> team not to use their express box. I'm like, shut up and stop spoiling things that i should have watched but i haven't okay john <laughs> um disgusting john uh, anyways, one other thing to really mention, which sadly we kind of speculated, are they going to leave the country? Because they, outside of season one, they've left the country every season at least a couple times. Uh, whether this is confirmed or not, I don't know. But Wikipedia is, as of now, updated where the last three legs are. They're all in Canada. So it's looking like this is going to be a season where we don't leave the country. I think they've done a good job with you know what we've seen. Uh, I-, I feel like season one probably spent more time in major cities, and now we're seeing a lot of smaller places with a lot of different culture and, you know, some great made-up sports. Uh, but it would have been nice to have one leg. But I think overall, this is the best I've ever seen an amazing race season where they don't leave the country. 
which really, you know, leaves it up to Amazing Race Season 1 and Amazing Race Family Editions, uh, Canada Season 1 and Family Editions. So not a lot of competition there, but uh, it's good overall. Uh, we need to rate this episode, too. So uh, we've been to Episode 7. Episode 8, you want to buy it, rent it, or bin it? Um, I will buy it. I think overall it was a good episode. Um, I mean, could have been better with an elimination at the end, but I think the challenges were really strong, and just that press conference alone, mm-hmm. um, I could watch multiple times over and over again. I'm going to give it a very high rent. Uh, I think... This is almost an unfortunate thing of the best stuff being in the first half of the episode because I feel like if the press conference had been the last challenge they did, I probably would have bought this episode. But it's just my my interest waned a little bit as it went on, even though I think there was still some great stuff in there. So uh, overall, I think we only have had the only thing we've been uh, was you know the, uh, the last episode that we had. So that's not bad. Uh, Rossi did not make it here today. Uh, sad to say, probably because he has not watched the episode yet. Rossi. <laughs> Um, I'm guessing he's probably finishing it right now, hoping that we started late, but that's not the case. Uh, we do want to say we have been hoping to catch up on these episodes. Uh, part of catching up was, you know, waiting for Jared to get back, waiting for Rossi to show up today. Uh, but we want to bring on some more uh, past contestants. So we had an interview with Martina earlier this season, and we uh, brought her on for a bit of a segment in the first episode. Uh, but next week, we're going to have another special guest, as long as everything pans out. Uh... I, anybody in Canada will know this name. Uh, everybody in Canada would know just the catchphrase, keep fit and have fun. Uh, but uh, outside of Canada, you probably just know uh, Hal Johnson from uh, Season 1 of Amazing Race Canada. Uh, otherwise, Canadian icon, um, somebody that every single person in this country grew up watching on TV at one point or another, even if it was on commercial breaks over the course of 20, 30 years. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have him on next week. You know How much we're going to talk about, I don't know. Uh, how much we're going to talk about his season, I don't know. But uh, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll get to talk to a Canadian icon, Hal Johnson. And uh, at this point, it's also looking like Martina and Phil will be joining us for the finale. So we'll have one more episode in there. I don't know if we'll have any other special guests or if we'll just wait for Rossi to eventually catch up on this season again. Uh, but three episodes left and we're going to make a good go at doing three episodes straight, which will be a first for us of this season. Um, Jared, thank you very much for joining us here today and keeping on top of these episodes. I think you watched this quicker than most people who had it recorded who actually live in Canada. Nice job. Yeah, no problem. It's um, definitely one of the highlights of my week, so um, keep trekking, uh, <laughs> Canadian Amazing Race. <laughs> and you've got the Australian Survivor going on right now, so... I haven't seen yeah, that as well. Survivor, but... uh, South African Survivor, you know, it's a busy week, but they're all worthwhile shows to watch. So, um, if you pick no, it's, one, it's out, all good. if you pick one out of those, what's your go-to show? Oh, I think at the moment, Australian Survivor, closely followed by uh, Amazing Race Canada. Uh, Survivor South Africa, while it has been great, um, it's been not as good as the last season. So, of those three, but I mean, it's like picking between your children, which I don't have any, so it's not hard to do. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anybody here is one of my three children crying in the background right now. I'm sure it's one of the twins. Uh, <laughs> very timely way to end this episode. Uh, we've got more stuff going on this weekend. Ben just had an interview with somebody from Third Watch. Uh, he's had an Australian Survivor recap. Those are still going on. Uh, and we are... Uh, do we have anything? We're going to have some random rewatches coming back next month. And uh, we're going to be getting to the Terminator movie soon eventually leading to the Star Wars movies, which we're already in the middle of recording, and they are exhausting. So uh, get ready for lots to come with that. 
Uh, we will be back next week with Canadian icons, possibly an Emu Plains icon and a New Jersey icon as well. We'll see if they can keep up as uh, with this season as quickly as everybody else can. Thank you for joining us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcast, um, wherever else you could find us. Uh, we will be back again next week. My name is Colin, and I'm super proud to be here and doing your thing. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>